Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. From the home of time. It is now quite a day for local sport from your local team. This is Charlton Live. When the red, red robin comes bob, bob, bobbing along, along, there'll be no more sobbing when he starts robbing his own sweet song. Wake up, wake up, you sleepy head, get up, get up, get out of the bed, cheer up, cheer up, the sun is red, live, love, love and be happy, what if I be blue, now I'm walking through fields of flowers. But still I listen for us and us I'm just a kid again doing what I did again singing a song When the red red robin comes bob bob bobbing along You could have so much fun in Oldham, eh? So, a very good evening to you and welcome to Charlton Live, the uh, stars of TV on uh, <laughs> here on Maritime Radio. Uh, my name is, uh, is Louis Mendes. Joining me in the studio as we're going to look back at yesterday's <laughs> quite spectacular 4-3 away win up at uh, Oldham Athletic at Boundary Park. Uh, so, yeah, joining me in the studio, Mr. Tom Wallin. How are you doing, Tom? Very, very good. Yeah? Yeah, good mood. Yeah. You're always in a good mood, really, aren't you, well, I tend to be. Yeah, especially this season. Was it you called it, Charlton, yesterday, the, the best, best team, team in, in Northern Europe? Northern Europe, yesterday. yeah. Yeah, I'm starting to run out of those, though. Yeah, I've I mean, gone a bit early. Who's better than us in Southern Europe, out of interest? Uh, mm, Galatasaray, Northern Europe? <laughs> Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. Well, yeah, where is Southern Europe? Yeah, good Who's, question. What even counts? Are we in North Europe? Which best team the in Europe? The questions we ask, here we go. Yeah, yeah. Best, best team in Europe, let's best, go with that. Excellent. And, and also uh, making his first appearance of the season, 
Uh, Mr. Paul Chris Crispy, how are you? How the devil are you? I'm very well, mate. I only turn up when we're winning. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. that's, all, that's all I do. The Charlton Live equivalent of a massive glory hunter. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, mate. <laughs> yeah, on, uh, on tonight's show, uh, like I said, we are going to look back at yesterday's uh, really enjoyable, uh, heart-wrenching at times, nerve-wracking 4-3 win uh, up at Oldham Athletic. We're going to hear from a very... Uh, well, a, a Carl Robinson who didn't know how to feel really after that after that performance yesterday. Uh, we're also going to hear from you guys as well. We want to know your views on, on yesterday's game. You can email us studio at charltonlive.co.uk. You can tweet us uh, at charltonlive. Uh, our player in focus this evening is Billy Clark. He got a goal yesterday. He's got two goals throughout the season. and He got an assist uh, as well for, so far this season. So he's our player in focus. We want to know what you make of him. So email studio at charltonlive.co.uk. Tweet us. Uh, Charlie and I have, and then in the second half of the uh, of the show uh, tonight, we're going to hear from an absolute addicts legend. It was a real honour to speak to Keith Peacock this afternoon. I, uh, I gave him a quick call. Obviously, we're talking about the Legends United game that's coming up. But I ended up speaking to Keith for ne- nearly fifteen minutes, actually talking about his time as a you know his his long standing uh, relationship with the club. Uh, and, uh, and and all that, as, as, as well as, like I say, the Legends game. So it, really excited to hear from Keith Peacock later on uh, in the show on the phone. Uh, it, an absolute honour to speak to him. I, you, can't, you can't praise him highly enough for the, the service he's given to Charlton Athletic uh, Football Club. But right, I, I'm still, I think, just about coming back down to earth after that game yesterday, <laughs> Tom. Uh, you weren't there unusually. Mm. You, you've been doing your away games recently, but yeah. you, you, did, you didn't put, you didn't, didn't, weren't able to get up there yesterday. No, I had um, I had other plans, so I was out and about in London for the day. But um, yeah, just obviously following it on my phone instead, and it was just mad. I could barely keep up with it. Um, I don't think the beer helped, but uh, <laughs> but yeah, by the end, I just I, I didn't I'll, know what was going yeah, on. Yeah, I wish I did have some beer at some point yesterday. Yeah, I, had, I, I bought myself a couple for the train home to celebrate. It, it did help because I kind of stop worrying about it when we went 2-0 up and I'd had a few beers I thought oh here we go job done and then obviously they start to get back into it and uh, in the end you know just you can just tell a mental game about 8 yellow cards a red card a penalty uh, 7 goals as I say um, but the most important thing is we won the game yeah, Chris, but you were following it at home as well, or did you? Or yeah, did you... I listened to the guys. Yeah, yeah. Um, so Greg and Greg and Terry. Um, and, well, yeah, I should have had a beer. I really should have. Um, I was kind of laying on the sofa listening to it, watching soccer special, seeing the uh, the other scores coming through. But um, yeah, look, you know, it's, it's, it is a funny one. I mean, obviously, it was really exciting. Obviously, from your own side, you were there. You must have been going through the uh, the mill watching it. Um, I, I kind of understand where Ro- where Robinson or Carl mm. was coming from uh, in his press conference, where he said he kind of didn't know how to feel because you know to be two 0 up and let them back into the game, and then four two up against 10 men and kind of let them back into the game there are bits where you can go okay we've got some some parts to improve on but you know as, as Tom said we got the win and I suppose a couple of years ago or my last year um, that we would have lost that game probably mm. yeah right now the, the game really toed and froed yesterday uh, and uh, I've listened back to the highlights of here and um, uh, Greg and Terry really caught the essence of it uh, let's have a listen to the highlights of yesterday's 4-3 win up at Oldham we've had uh, 17 and a half minutes gone and they've uh, actually flown by Solly throws it into Clark, gets it back, and then a big switch across, which uh, Jason Pierce will control with his chest, and then find Johnny Jackson out to the left-hand side, crossing halfway. He lets it run to Ricky Holmes. Holmes infield to Cashy, looks for the return. Ricky Holmes goes and gets it as well. Ricky Holmes rides one tackle. Can he ride the next? He takes a shot. Oh, what a goal that is! Oh, what a cracker! Ricky Holmes avoided one challenge, drifted in towards the next one, which was Key and Bryan before he could get there. He let fly with his right foot right into the top right-hand corner. 
Ben Wilson had absolutely no chance and Charlton have the lead. Oh, what an absolute belter from Ricky Holmes. He's managed to beat a couple of challenges and the referee's playing a violence, a good advantagement referee and he took a quite a heavy touch and I thought the referee was going to bring it back and then Holmes decides to go for a goal from a ridiculous position. Absolute strike. I'd say that was 20, 25 yards plus. Oh, it's a Absolute lovely goal, corker. superb goal, and John deserve it, it Terry. A lovely, again, lovely little interplay between uh, Holmes, Jackson and Cashy on that far side, the Charlton left. And Cashy fed, uh, Holmes fed Cashy first and went for the return, Home, uh, Cashy gave it to him, and so Holmes was uh, on the run anyway, drifted past one challenge, and as Brian came across to imp impose himself on uh, Ricky Holmes, Ricky Holmes thought, well, there's only one choice left, I've got to spank this, and my word, didn't he? That's a lovely turn by Forster Kaskia. Cruyff Turner's left keen. Brian Fadead cuts back inside and his left ball across. Bauer's still there, so is Fossu on the far side of the penalty area. Fossu gets it down, cuts back inside, right foot shot. Yes, oh, what a finish! Tariq Fossu left Wilson Fadead, cut back inside and slammed his right foot shot past Wilson. Left him no chance, Charlton 2 0 up. Oh, Terry, this has been outstanding from the Addicts. Absolutely outstanding. And it's Jake Forsakaski who started this whole move. He was left a bit isolated on the right-hand side. He was looking for some support. He wanted it on his left foot the whole time. And he does this little shaped Cruyff turn. Beats his man. Cuts it back on his left foot. Delivers to the back post. Fossu picks it up. Cuts inside onto his right foot. And fires home for the Addicts. And Carl Robinson's men deserve this as well, Terry. They've been simply stunning. It's been inspiring football from Charlton. The Addicts have been... Absolutely unplayable in this first half, first well, first 21 minutes. It's fired into a, the six-yard box and it's palmed out by Amos, but Oldham still have it. Comes out to Burn on the left-hand side, chips it in into a dangerous area. Finally, flicks it on and it's, it's a penalty. It's a handball against Ricky Holmes, I think. No, he's, he's actually now saying it was for a foul. The referee. It's I think it was a handball. It's going to be no retribution for whatever the foul was, but we do have a penalty here. And there's a bit of arguments between Craig Davis and Gardner as to who's going to take it, but Oldham have a lifeline back into this game. It's disappointing from a Charlton perspective. Absolutely. But I think the referee's given that for a foul when it was clearly a handball. The ball in from Burns certainly hits something. It's just whether the referee's given it for that or something else, and it's going to be Craig Davis to take the penalty. Right footed, he steps up and fires home. Oldham are back into this game. Disappointed from a Charlton perspective. We'd like to find some confirmation of what the penalty was given against. But Craig Davis steps up and fires home and Oldham are back into this game. With the corner, it's into dangerous areas, headed away, but come back to Brian's shot, comes Mike Fane off the line! And that's the half-time whistle, my lord, who headed that way? I think it might have been Chris Solly or Billy Clark. Either way, Oldham will be shot. And Oldham taking the free kick quickly as this picked up by Hunt. Hunt chips it forward towards Davis and Pierce. Oh, and Bauer no. getting each other's way and it might fall for Doyle here. Doyle shooting opportunity. He scores! And Oldham have equalised. Charlton with their own doing. Jason Pierce and Patrick Bauer got in a muddle. It came to Doyle who fired home well. And Oldham have equalised. Full forward is headed up in the air by Bauer. And Solly trying to clear against Fane. Oh, that hurts. Oh, he's injured. challenge and Fane's already been booked here. It's a foot up. That hurts. And I wonder if there's going to be another yellow card here for the older midfielder. Charlton are incensed. They're surrounding the referee. Baines just walks off. 
And you can hear the complaints from the Oldham fans thinking he got the ball is wherever it was high. And the referee's got a decision here to make, no doubt about that. I think the only if, it, if that's a foul, if it's a foul, he's got to book him, hasn't he? Because the studs were up. I don't see how he can't book him. And he's definitely going to have a word. Lefede's going to send him off here. It's going to be a second yellow card, and he is off. The Simafana has been sent off. If, if, if he's deemed it a foul, there's, he's got no choice. The argument here, I suppose, is was it. Did he make uh, contact with Solly? According to Chris Solly, he did. Good work from Johnny Jackson to force him to clear it long, but Doyle picks it up. Good work from Cashy and then Fossey to pick it up. Fossey still with it inside to Jake Forskowski, brings the ball forward. Right to Clark. Clark oh, to has got right. Solly over. Still going with it. Billy Clark comes out to Fossey in the penalty area. Fossey shapes to his right foot, put his back. Billy Clark! Oh, yes. 3 2 Charlton. Billy Clark! Simple football. Fires home. Simple football. Great finish by Clark. Just side-footed it in. Tariq Fossu with the layoff. Billy Clark on his right foot. Fires home. The Addicts are back in front here. As Terry said, it was great build-up play. Vorskaski, Clark, then Fossu. Fossu onto his right foot. Passes back to Clark, who finishes. Charlton back in front of this pulsating game. Oh, and it's a goal kick that's uh, headed back into uh, beyond the, uh, the, the defence. And it's there! And he's scored on his debut, which is what he does all the time. Joe Dodu has got Charlton's fourth. It was a goal kick that came out. It was headed back over the Oldham back four, and Dodu got there before anybody else. It was almost like they were in slow motion, and Dodu was in a different planet. He just ran past the back four, got into the penalty area, and slotted the ball past Ben Wilson for 4-2. Burn. Burn switches it across to this near side, and Wilson... Wilson uh, blocked by Johnny Jackson, but he gets a ball, dinks it into Doyle, who's run to the edge of the penalty area. He's got Fossu for company, gets it back across to Byrne. Shooting opportunity, takes it, and they've scored, Oldham. To the right of Amos, who couldn't keep it out. And Oldham are back in this. Holmes can pick it up for Charlton if he can get there. No, Gardner gets there first. That should be the final whistle, and it is. Quite how we've ended up 4-3 oh, here, I have absolutely no idea. You can just hear the relief in Terry's voice at the end of that one. Uh, I mean, even down to 10 men, I was, just, I was just waiting for that final whistle to blow because in, in injury time, it was five minutes of added time uh, and they had two opportunities for free kicks that we gave away within our own half. And uh, I mean, it, it was a real crazy, crazy game yesterday. And, you know, after the first half an hour where we were absolutely cruising, you never would have seen that coming. Yeah, uh, and as I said, when I saw we went 2-0 up, I was like, oh, good, because I think I predicted a big win, Nafer predicted a big win, and I was just a bit like, right, that's that's the win I expected. And then, as you say, they get that goal, and then you start to worry, and you think, is this old Charlton creeping back? And like Crispy says, another season, we probably would have lost that. But uh, just one of those games, very difficult to really explain and comment on, partly, obviously, because I didn't see the whole game, but partly because just so much happened. Just one of those crazy ones that you're just lucky to come out on the the right side of, I guess. Yeah, well, let's let's take the opening half hour, I guess, where we, I mean, we were unplayable in, in that half an hour. And by by the time that, that Ricky Holmes opened a scoring from about a million miles out, I mean, we, we'd already had two or three golden opportunities. So, I mean, the the lineup at the start of the game was well, was obviously a talking point. Now, now before the game, like when we saw that, obviously we knew that the McGuinness wasn't there, and we saw that. Uh, Joe Dodu, the, the new signing, who of course we'll, we'll come on to talk about in a few moments' time, that wasn't starting. So we, we saw Clark and Cag, 
Uh, I was actually told that, that we were expecting Clark to go up uh, at the number nine and Cag to play on the wing, but in the end, it was it was Carlin who went up. And um, I, mean, it, it, I thought he, I thought he looked really good yesterday. I thought he um, he did well to uh, out muscle a defender for that for that chance from the free ball from Fossey, which I think was on the highlights. So you, you should have mm, seen there was another was. one where. Um, uh, Ricky Holmes had a volley that went across the face and just couldn't quite get a toe onto it. But you know, it was a bit, bit a lot of pressure really for for Carlin there. And obviously, it also we'll, we'll come to talk about what happened on the, on transfer deadline day in a moment. But it was a lot of pressure to, to put on on the young man's shoulders. But I thought I thought he he, he did quite well yesterday, and 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 that's encouraging <clears> for for what's going to come forward. Well, to to me, it made sense for him to be the one that went up there. Um, I think Billy Clark is is doing fantastic in that number ten, and I think we kind of miss out on what he brings in that link between. Mm. Cashy and Forster Kasky to the to the front man, and actually I think Carlin when he has played, I know he's been out on the left wing in the cup games. But what I've seen of him in highlights, I think he's actually been really positive. Um, and I know he's been getting a fair bit of stick, and actually I think he got a bit of stick on social media. It seemed to be yesterday from from a few fans, but I, I feel like we're actually starting to see the Carlin that you know we were told about four or five years ago, really when he well, was it two three years ago? Sorry. Um, uh, under Bob Peters, so so for me, no, I, I feel it's a real positive that he's actually getting some game time. He's not going to play for the under twenty threes as much now. Mm-hmm. He's here, and, and you know you want to see him um, see him play well. And yeah, okay, he didn't take his chance, but you know it sounded like a decent fifty minutes from him, um, and that's only going to help him, especially up top. But the important part for me was getting that, that same three behind mm-hmm. Clark, Holmes, and Fossey. Yeah, that, so, that's been working yeah. well. They've worked so well to, together, and like I saying, there's plenty of goals in that midfield, which I just like to point out to Channel Five <laughs> if they're listening. Yeah. And misquoting me on the telly, saying <laughs> it's disgraceful. Yeah, disgraceful. saying I thought there was, saying I was asking where the goals were coming. They're coming from everywhere, raining goals. Um, but and, and I mean, we we couldn't, we can't go into it much longer without mentioning that opening goal from from Ricky Holmes. And uh, uh, you'll you'll hear from him in tomorrow's South London Press as well. But uh, he was on. I mean, that goal. God, it's, it's, you, you, every time you see Ricky Owens pick up the ball and, and set his sights from 35 yards, I mean, you know that's just going to fly in that top corner. Yeah, he's he scored a few decent ones for us since he's he's only been here just over a year, but that was probably the pick of the bunch. I think there's other ones maybe he's hit slightly sweeter and he's hit some brilliant free kicks, but from that far out to hit it that hard, it was just... You could just tell, couldn't you? And when you were watching it, he just got that little bit of space and you could see his eyes light up and... A bit like Cashy when he scored that goal against Peterborough and he just went for it. It was just such a such a good strike and yeah, to put us one nil up and you know, I think we've obviously signed him up to this new contract and you want him to carry on from last season and you worry that maybe he won't, but so far I've got no concerns with him and he's just been fantastic again. I mean you you have to you have to have some uh, pretty big stones to fancy yourself from from that far out. I mean, if if, if we saw someone, I don't know, Jason Pierce lining up, lining one up from forty yards, you'd probably feel well, I'm not too sure about this. But when you see Ricky in space, in, almost anywhere in the opponent's mm. half, you're just willing him just to take it on, aren't you? Well, he's, he's one of those players that you, you want to watch. You know, you, he's the reason why I come down here at the moment. Is I'm really enjoying watching Ricky Holmes play. Every time he has the ball, he excites me. You know, and you think, yeah, he can do something like that, and he did it again. The fact that Fosu just stood there and applauded him <laughs> oh, was yeah. absolutely class. But I, I, just, I just said off air. We didn't get, you know, we haven't got four strikers at the moment, but I'd rather have Ricky Holmes for the money he's on or whatever it is. If we, it means we don't get another two, honestly, because mm. I think he's that important a player to us this year. Yeah. I mean, there's play, like, the, the, like I say, we, we heard from Holmes yesterday, and there's plenty of stuff that's going to come out in tomorrow's stuff. But I mean, you, you should really should read his interview about how confident he is about the squad and stuff, and, mm. uh, and we'll read that tomorrow. Now, I mean, the, the the best way to react to taking the lead away from home is to go and <laughs> score another straight away, isn't it? And the work from 
from the boy Forster Kasky down the wing just to completely uh, flummox the defender. Uh, crosses it over the box. I think Bauer's sort of there floating around. It's gone over his head or Fossey's probably called for it, I imagine, taking it down. And he's still got so much to do, Tariq mm. Fossey, from, from, that, from that situation. He was outside the area in between the, the edge of the box and, and you know, the, the throw-in line. Uh, but but he, he did it with a plum. Yeah, and you say, you talk about Holmes needing big balls to have that shot. And I think Forster Kasky last season was a little bit less confident in that final third. I think he was a solid player, but this season he seems to have really stepped up and be prepared to, to try things in that final third. And we've seen that with the goals he's got so far this season. And there, you know, he was going nowhere. And the last season's Forster Kasky probably would have gone back to Kashi somewhere in the centre circle and started the move again. But instead he... You know, he backed himself. He turned, uh, firstly turned down to the byline, then turned back again to get himself on his left foot. A great ball across, as you say, and it was something we saw at Rotherham the other week with the deep crossing. Um, Fosu did still have a lot to do, but worked his way into the box and again just absolutely smashed it. Gave the keeper no chance. And you know, I said at the on the preview show on Thursday that I wanted him to get a goal because I felt that was the only thing missing because he he has started the season well, and uh, I was so pleased for him to get one. Yeah. Now. When we were, you've gone 2-0 up away from home um, against a team that's lost everything they've played this season. I mean, they'd lost all four of their league games, got knocked out of the League Cup by Burton at the first opportunity, and they even managed to turn their draw in the checker trade to a defeat on penalties for the extra point <laughs> against Port Bell. So, so you're going into, I mean, as fans, we're all there, we're all there getting super confident, thinking, look at this, look at this rubbish, these northern idiots that we're beating and, and all this and that but these cloggers and, and, they, and then they start kicking us off the pitch a little bit as well And but then did, did we get complacent I think I think that it seemed to me that we probably did uh, and we weren't in our shape anymore and that's, and that's when along with the substitution of Osman Fane who came on and uh, he he's, he brought something else to the game before he obviously got sent off later on um, it, it, the, the turnaround after how well we were doing to when Fane came on they got their goal back. Was it was just I haven't seen one like that in in because we were absolutely walking it before that that point. Well, Robinson said it himself. He said first thirty minutes we were unplayable, and then yeah, the the sixty after that we weren't great, and the shape went. It's, it does happen, unfortunately. You're not going to be at you know your, your brilliant best for ninety minutes all the time. Um, you know, it was a bit bit nerve wracking, but it doesn't help when you get a, a decision that. I'm still not kind of not yeah, I mean, sure. Uh, none, what. Of a, none of us sat here in the studio are actually certain what the penalty is for. And not in the record, <laughs> no, it's, it's, yeah, it, it's either Bauer or Holmes, and I think it's Holmes now because he, he sort of came out and said it was he was in the middle of it. It's either handball or a climb or a push or something. So no one's really sure. But the, referee the referee's got his, his he's put his hands yeah. over. I'm, I'm I'm signaling it, but I'm radio. But, <laughs> yeah, um, yeah he, he signalled that, but then afterwards apparently he said it's a handball. So yeah, I mean what, we'll hear yeah. from from Carl as well, and he, he had absolutely no idea. I mean, Tom, did you see the replay? Have any yeah, idea? Not a clue. Not a clue. As I say, when the ball went over, it does, does look like Ricky Holmes heads it onto his hand. How you can give that handball, I'm not sure because nothing he can do about it. But then the referee's clear in sight in the highlights and almost doing like the diving motion or climbing or something, but completely different to what he apparently tells Carl after the game. So really strange. But as you say, what was so disappointing was we went 2-0 up and then even in the highlights, you can just see us sitting back. Mm. And every mm. time they come forward, you can see we've got five, six, maybe even seven men behind the ball. And uh, that was frustrating because that that was when they managed to get back into the game. And as you say, that was almost the, the game turning point, if you like. I mean, obviously we end up winning, but... It was a worry at that stage. I mean, because the, the, the last... So that was 10 minutes before half-time. The last 10 minutes of that first half, I, we were really... I, mm. I really felt under a lot of pressure. The crowd were up all of a sudden. You know, they felt hard done by by the 
you know, I think I think there'd been a couple of yellow cards in, in quick succession before they got their penalty. So they felt hard done by, by that. They were really in our faces. Amos, uh, there was a curler, I think it might have been from Craig Davis. It was, yeah. yeah it was, just yeah. before yeah. half time, which Amos pulled off a lovely fingertip save round round the round the post and I think it was on that corner it came over and bounced around fell to Farney who like hit it so hard at goal and Billy Clark he's not the tallest Billy Clark but he was there and he leapt and managed to, to knock it over the bar and I was, I was sort of really glad the half time whistle came when it did at that point I think everyone was including Robinson I mean it was I think Terry was saying it was 20-25 seconds you know after the end of what should have been the end of the the mm. injury time and they still had enough time to get the corner and the chance in as well mm. and then Robinson was going there pointing straight at the referee and going for him at the end, like from the highlights I, I saw so you know potentially you know, had that chance that they shouldn't have had because the whistle should have been blown but yeah you know listening to it we really did need that for, that half time whistle um, yeah. luckily we got it unfortunately um, it's the second half pretty much the same vein really I mean um uh, it was it was a mix up at the back wasn't it? I think Pierce and Bauer have, have, have yeah. gone each other's way there uh, which they won't be too happy about, but you know, I'm sure hopefully they'll, they'll they'll go away and deal with it. And it's Owen Doyle who scored. Now he's, he's, it was his debut. I think he's joined on loan from Preston. Uh, I think Carl came out and said that we actually tried to get yeah, him as well. Same day, didn't yeah. want to come. Didn't so, want to come down south. Yeah, well, wanted to go bottom of League One uh, instead. Yeah, so we, yeah. we punished him duly. <laughs> uh, but I mean, and it was a good finish. But then, and so that, now that's when, again, for, for even the five minutes after that, until until they got the red card. I mean, we were under pressure, and that red card now for Fane came at the perfect time for us. The momentum seems to be really, really, really in their favour. I mean, just listening to it, you're kind of worried about it. Um, that you know, we completely mucked it up, and they looked like it was only be one winner. Um, watching the the, the, the the second yellow, I'm still not sure. The more I watch, the more and more I watch mm-hmm. it, I can understand why you know John Sheridan was was disappointed. Um, yeah. I mean, but- I, I mean. It- the challenge has gone in and Farne has sort he's, he's gone in studs up because that's the way he's running and Solly's gone down I think I think, I don't know if he has caught him or not but he's, Solly's gone down like he has so you assumed he was because Solly doesn't yeah. go, doesn't tend to go down if he hasn't yeah. been caught I mean but you, Tom do you reckon you can understand why the fans weren't too happy yeah I can yeah because when I saw it obviously watching the highlights I know there's been a red card so I'm kind of waiting for the challenge that I expect to be that um, and I saw that coming together and was like right that must be it but watching it again it's it is a 50-50 ball. And as Terry says, if the referee deems it a free kick, he's got to send him off, in my opinion. But it's whether it was a free kick in the first place. And when you've had a referee who, you know, we had the Pierce sort of bundling over in the first half, as you say, a couple of yellow cards that they were unhappy about. We've had the penalty decision. So the ref's not having a, an easy afternoon anyway. And then to make a big call like that as well, particularly if you're a home fan and you think the game's going against you, I understand why they were as frustrated as they were. Yeah, there was certainly a potential shout for Oldham penalty sort of uh, early on there. But then, so we've had the red cards and then we, we take the initiative again. A great work down the left-hand side from Fossu. Uh, ball into Clark and that was a the measured finish. Like He looked like he placed it because it didn't go in very quickly. It was just perfectly placed so the goalkeeper couldn't couldn't reach it. I feel like he's a uh, goal against Exeter. a bit the old sponge foot going on there. Was <laughs> the Simon Church. Sorry, so, sorry, I don't want to hurt your feelings there. But um, no, no, no. It was a really, really good goal. Fair play to Fosu as well um, because mm. a lot of people would have just kind of <coughs> turned and gone for the shot mm. um, but had the you know the foresight to look up and see Billy Clark there who'd yeah. just got up again after he'd, he'd gone down and was straight back up and in, in position. So no, really well worked goal, I thought, and, and a great a good finish and, and well deserved for Billy yeah. Clark. Fosu was the proud recipient of a cashy slap for his for his work in the build-up to that goal, yeah, yeah. Uh, in fact, John Richard Barker says just on back on the penalty says that Holmes did handle the ball by reaching out with his arm, fully extended. The ref's uh, gesture mimicked that. So that's what uh, John uh, Richard Baker saw. And then so now uh, 
it was just after half time that we, we got to see our, our first glimpse of Joe Dodu Dodu uh, Dodu. I think no one knows Everyone, yet. Everyone's doing it. Do do do. Yeah, do, no, no, I was asking around. I was asking around yesterday, and no one's quite sure yet. Um, we'll just came, ask him, can't we? At some point, yeah. yeah. But he came off for uh, Carlin. Now Carlin seemed upset. I think he's he's taken some sort of knock there, so I'm not really sure what it is yet. Uh, but I mean, Joe Dodu has got an unbelievable record of scoring on his debut. You know, he scored on his Rangers debut, he scored on his Leicester debut, he scored on his Berry debut. Now he scored on his Charlton debut as well. And now for a, you know, for a, a fan base that's looking at someone who's, who's not got that many goals yet, although he apparently he's been playing more of a wide role up at Rangers. Uh, you know, fans are gonna. Oh, I don't know yet. Let's let's give him. We'll see how he goes. Give him a chance. Well, that's a great boost in confidence for him to go through one on one and finish so calmly like that. Because I mean, Charlton have had their fair share of strikers who can't mm. score one on ones throughout the year. So it's nice to see someone. You know, he might still turn out to be rubbish, but he's got off to the perfect start at least. Yeah, he has, and not only is that good for his confidence, but it's good for the confidence of the fans because obviously late Thursday night we have all the drama with Novak going. Um, then we finally get this striker in, and you know everyone's signing Wikipedia because they don't know that much about him. Um, uh, yeah, he has a habit of scoring on his debut, so let's wait and see how he does in the next few weeks as well. But if he continues, and, and as Carl says, he does offer something different to McGuinness, then then that's exciting. And obviously McGuinness is going to come straight back into the first team because well, he's carried on, hasn't he, for, for his national team as well. But we said, I think, plenty of times he's going to be our, our first-choice striker. But let's give the boy a chance. He's young, he's come on, he's got his goal in the first game. And yeah, I, I'd like to see him do well, obviously. And if he can be, I think even Carl referenced Mavadidi in his in his post match. If he can be that kind of player, then we saw what a okay he was only here for a very brief time, but what a difference he made to the team when when he was here last time. So, yeah, I was really pleased for him. Yeah, he, he had another chance just after that. Actually, he tried to to cut through with the ball. So he was played through, but the ball got stuck between his legs, so he ended up sort of firing at the at the goalkeeper. Sorry, Chris. No, that's fine. Yeah. The, the pleasing part for me is he scored one and had a, made another opportunity in the fact he hasn't trained with the team. Oh yeah, so, like, yeah. it literally was introduced. The day before, yeah, introduced the night before, and if he didn't anyone even come down to London, did he? no, yeah, he went straight to the hotel. And if anyone yeah. saw, I think it was possibly Bauer's Instagram story, he put up the uh, Dodu doing his singing, and it was terrible. Nice. So, so yeah, don't look at that. Plenty of them. Yeah, but that, yeah, but that's that's pleasing. So you know, and I think Robinson said it's going to take a few weeks for him to get up to mm. to speed with with how we do things and get into our shape. But he's already played. 30 minutes in, in a team where he doesn't, doesn't understand it and he's got a goal so that's, that's a great start and we've obviously got a Saturday and Tuesday coming up haven't we I think next week so yeah so we've got a, Wigan on the Tuesday yeah, so we're going to play some part game, isn't so he? You, yeah he's yeah. going to have to play a part there you would think probably not start either game but yeah, yeah it's a great start for him now still possibly in, in the form of a bit of ill discipline we still didn't see it out even against 10 men and, and Jack <laughs> Byrne I think it was scored from the edge of the box so I think it was about 7 minutes left when he got that one and I was just waiting for that final whistle. And even when, even when the, the five minutes of injury time went up and we gave away two free kicks within our area, questionable perhaps, one of them, I think, but I think Dodo gave away one. I can't remember who gave away the other one. Uh, but there was yeah two free kicks that we had to deal with. We did deal with them. We dealt with them reasonably comfortably. Uh, but, I mean, against 10 men, and, and this is probably why Carl was slightly you know, downtrodden after the game. You don't you don't really want to be seeing out a game against 10 men at 4-3. You, you should have seen that one out a bit more comfortably. But, you know, we did see it out, and that, and that does... Pay, uh, pay compliments to the to the character of the team. Yeah, and it obviously, we're, the, as I said right at the start, the three points is the most important thing. I think what's frustrating is because whilst we keep saying we are really exciting and attacking up front, we do worry a little bit about the defence, especially from set pieces. Then we go away to Rotherham, you know, a difficult game against some big, big players, and we defend so resolutely and we're so solid. And you so saw the reaction through. after that. <laughs> <laughs> and then... Uh, 
and then we go to Oldham and all of that kind of goes out the window and we're conceding goals again um, and yeah we scored scored more than they did and won the game and that's brilliant but that is a concern because you know especially if Dodu doesn't settle or McGuinness is on international duty again and we don't get those goals you know we need to be solid at the back and unfortunately we weren't yesterday I think it's interesting I mean, it does seem to be a bit of a we're going to score one one more than yeah, your, your yeah. approach which is which is fine if you keep winning but I think I was looking at you know who we've played so far we've played the bottom two and I think you know everyone else in the bottom half so I think Wigan will be a real that would mm. be the real test to see mm. what this defence is, yeah. is about um, you know I, I, I like Paddy Bauer but I think there are times where he can be quite shaky um, so yeah. you know that, those kind of games are going to be the crucial ones where you, you're going to have to be resolute because you're not yeah. going to be scored yeah. three, three or four it's the one nils so that's what you've got to grind yeah. out now obviously after the game yesterday I caught up with uh, Carl Rumsdale just before there was a nice moment when he came out just doing the pleasantries alright man how are you doing he asked me how, how, how are you and I just said I feel feel quite entertained after that, Carl. He said, "Yeah, that's that's what my team does." <laughs> so uh, he obviously knows what sort of team he puts out. Anyway, like I say, caught up with him after yesterday's game. So this is the uh, the, the, the manager, Carl Robertson, after yesterday's four three win up at Oldham. Carl, it was a breathless encounter here, but you decided to run out four three winners. How, how did you see yeah, that one I overall? I think we were great. I thought first thirty minutes we were we were unplayable. I thought we were that's one of the best eighty minutes I've seen in the team, and we could have been well and clearly out out the way in some ways, but we weren't. Um, and then we lost our discipline, we lost our shape. People just doing their own things and playing off the cuff. And then we looked a very disjointed and disorganised team. So I'm not overly pleased with the performance, but I'm ecstatic with the three points. Yeah, I mean, because your side was coasting in that in that opening yeah, half an hour, so we, perhaps the we penalty give it turned. Back it. Them, but listen, what, you, you come with John Sheridan's teams, you know, it's always going to be difficult. The fan team make it very hostile, as you well know. Um, and I think there's been one or two very unique decisions being given today by the officials. I mean, did you have a view on, on the penalty that was given? Well, for... no, but I clearly see they give it for a push. Then he just told me it was handball. So you're not too sure about that one then? Well, he, he signaled for the push. Everyone's seen, he, he signaled for the push. Yet he told me he just give for handball. Well, obviously, when, when Oldham started coming back into that and got level, you, your side showed great character to ride out that storm and then when they went down to 10 men to start to assert a bit yeah, of... Yeah, we we listened. I don't think at any stage today it was like a back-to-the-wall performance, but we both... <laughs> it's a very difficult game to really comment on in some ways because I don't really know... Where my emotional, I'm ecstatic that we've won. Thank you to the fans again for coming in a, in a numbers as they always do. Um, it's a pleasure for us to perform in front of them on, on, a, on a regular basis. We've now won three games on the spin in the league, and we've won two on the road away at Rotherham up north and up north here at Oldham, which is two very difficult away games as everybody knows in this, in this league. Play four on the spin on the road, so to go to Crawley, to, to Ipswich, to, to Rotherham, to Oldham in, in that period of time has been a very difficult sort of travelling. Sort of thing for all the staff and everybody involved. Now we'll all come back home and playing at the front of the valley as we we love doing, um, and get that place rocking. Because let's make it four, let's go four on the spin in the league, and then see what Wigan bring on the Tuesday. So it's going to be a, a long old season. There's going to be so many more downs than, than what we're having at the moment, and and still I'm still waiting to see that down. When we have, I'm not saying I want us to lose, but I want to see what we're like when we what we have what when things aren't going quite right for a week or two, and see how we come back in that. Um, but we'll take the three points we'll go back down south now and uh, I look forward to the journey back home In terms of individual performances and moments obviously we, scored a, we saw a super goal from Ricky Holmes great work from Fosu uh, for his goal and, and for set up another goal but you, you debutant uh, Joe Dodu uh, a wonderful finish a wonderful finish <laughs> great and, and finish great way to get great off finish. the mark as well I felt sorry from the second one as he's gone through the, he sort of took a touch he's opened his body up and it's come back in the centre of his stance which meant he's undercooked it a little bit into the goalkeeper but I think he showed everyone today how quick he is. He's a, he's a live wire, he's unpredictable. 
Um, to not have Reevesy, Reevesy played the other day, he's, on, he's back on that pre-season programme. He was stiff all over because we ran him over the last few days. He's still going to be three weeks, but we get him up to speed for where we want him to be. So no Reevesy, no Mark Marshall, no Josh McGuinness, no Jay De Silva, Carlon coming off injured. So it's uh, still Harry Lennon, still not in the squad, still Lewis Page not in the squad. So it's uh, it's it's we've got players to come back into this team and you can see the performances have been very good. And obviously with the window closed now, is it sort of a relief that you now know what you've got to play with in the job. next few months? Yeah. <laughs> I'm doing my job. Um, listen, we were disappointed with one or two things that we thought could have happened that never happened, but like anybody, I don't think any manager is 100% happy or any fans ever 100% happy at all. Um, I think we're always going to want more. That's just the nature of the industry. Nature, that's where the managers and the fans do sort of come together because we always want more um, and the players want some more. Um, obviously losing Crofty and losing Lee Novak, I know it's disappointment, but up to now, they've not played any minutes in the league, really. So it's not like we've lost players in our team. The players who've been playing in our team, in, in likes of Josh and, uh, and Piercy and, and Ricky, they've got new contracts. So it just shows you that we're, that we're, we're trying to go in the right direction. And to look behind me, they see so many young players of the football club in the squad. I think seven or eight out of the, out of the 18 that travelled were homegrown players. And I think that's, a, again, it's, a, it's, a, it's moving in the right direction. It's about building and rebuilding. Um, not, not, I know not many people get that time to, to rebuild anymore, but hopefully people can see that it's not just what we see on the pitch. It's a, it's a, there's a big, massive shift in what we're trying to achieve together. Well done today, Thank Carl. you. Johnny Jackson! Is it? Shout and lie. Well, there's only one choice left. I've got to spank this. And my word, didn't he? Welcome back to Chant Live here on Maritime Radio. My word, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> didn't he spank that one? Uh, Terry Smith there, <laughs> obviously, after uh, after yesterday's game. That was Carl Robinson. Um, so I say quite grounded yesterday and... Um, I think there was, I don't know, at times last season people were saying he was trying to talk the team up, which is obviously his prerogative at times this season, you know, talking down when they need talking down to because mm. yesterday possibly got a little bit carried away at 2-0. Yeah, I think he's, he's to be honest, handled it quite well. Um, I saw a couple of the defenders, I know Bauer, I can't think if it was Pierce as well, but Bauer certainly tweeted saying he was a bit obviously pleased but also a bit disappointed with his own performance because mm. we've conceded the three goals and... That is the case and you know we have been so good in some of our other games that I think it is a bit of a reality check and you know we don't want to be too down because we've still won the game and we've got a fantastic run of form at the moment and we're third in the league okay early in the season but if they're able to you know sit there and say well yes we won but that's not good enough that's got to be a good mentality to go into training this week because they want to improve on it for next weekend so um yeah it was a a strange sort of atmosphere after the game but as I say the main thing is the fact that we won and, and we did so mm. got some good tweets in after yesterday's game Jamie Morrison said I didn't go yesterday but some Oldham fans seem really bitter and twisted from what I've seen on Twitter today I mean Chris Ollie was uh, the recipient mm. of a nasty one he, uh, it was actually last night someone uh, an Oldham fan tweeted him saying uh, you're you're a nasty person or something something along those lines yeah, which Chris like that yeah, yeah Chris Powell just was putting in cheers for that mate and, uh, and I got one yesterday at 1-0 got told to uh Remove myself from the vicinity. 
which was it was quite funny. They just followed on from Rotherham last week. Yeah, they? So, yeah. yeah no. The Northerners have got it in for us, apart from the Charlton ones, supporting ones, of course. Uh, Anthony Penton says Holmes' goal was absolutely class, but we're seeing this from him on a regular basis. I preferred Fosu's goal. Been really impressed by him so far. And we haven't done him as our player in focus yet, but Fosu. Uh, he's one. He's one of those ones that when we signed him, I mean, it's a player none of us had heard too much about. He, mm. You know, youngster at Reading, he'd been out on loan at Colchester and a couple of other places. But, but so when we signed him, well, I saw all the Reading fans tweeting, going, "Ah, oh, sad to see him go." But I, I always had a theory that every every team supporters rate their own youth team players better than they are because they're youth team players who've come through your academy. And often we've like like Jordan Botaka last year. He came here and the Leeds fans were gutted to see him go because he could do a step over and stuff like that. But actually, he wasn't that good. Whereas Fosu has gone the other way of him. It seems like we found a real diamond in the rough there. Well, it's interesting. I mean, we were talking before we uh, came on air and I'm saying about, you know, when, when Rees comes in, I think, you know, it's going to be difficult to, uh, to try and get Clark out because that will be the kind of swap between them two. But also, when Marshall's fit, it's going to be between Marshall and Fosu because Ricky's not going not gonna to be on bench. And you kind of go, well, it's going to have to take Fosu probably getting suspended or injured for Marshall's coming straight in. Really, because I think Fossey's done fantastic. I, I fully didn't expect him to be as good as he has been. Um, once again, I didn't. I had no idea who he was when he when he signed. hadn't heard of him at all. Um, but I was really impressed. Really glad he got his goal. Probably could have had a couple more before before <laughs> the goal yesterday. Um, I think it was you know one against Northampton where he should have he was put through. And he didn't score, so he's getting chances as well. But I think it's the same as ev- everyone in that kind of top four. Um, whenever they've got the ball. They just go forward. It's yeah. so positive. It's so attacking, and it's fantastic to see. Um, and he's not afraid to take people on. So once again, another player. He's, it makes it like you want to be here to come and watch him play because he's exciting. So really, really pleased he got the goal. Right, let's uh, jump onto the correspondence now. I, I, we're just going to do our emails about the game. We're also going to want to have a chat about our transfer business because obviously on Thursday night, somewhat a few hours after our Thursday show, which was then proved completely out of date <laughs> by the uh, departure of Lee Novak about four minutes after we stopped recording. Uh, the transfer window closed uh, and uh, so our business is now complete we know what we've got to deal with until January so I want you guys to let me know if you're happy with what we've got if we wanted more I mean Carl made no no secret of the fact he would have liked another striker overall but you know, ended up with one in one out but let, let me know what you guys think about our transfer business so you can don't forget email Charlton Live uh, studio at charltonlive.co.uk or you can tweet us at charltonlive let us know what you think of our January transfer business we've got plenty of emails about the game from yesterday it's Chris Davin always the first one in uh, it says uh, another Saturday another away win a 4-3 humdinger of a game a debut goal uh, for uh, Dodu uh, <laughs> I'm going to get that one day and a screamer from Holmes uh, all this and we even got a touch of help from the ref with a harsh sending off the, uh, the now famous Louis Mendes even got a mention on the Football on 5 show, what a day to be alive. And Brenda is just what you didn't say, and she's still watching that show on repeat. I mean, you should have seen my face when that came up. Well, it was up. your birthday last week, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, so, right. <laughs> two, like two on the well, I was just sat there watching the, watching the telly last night. I, I read even watch it live as well. and But I was just sat there with my cup of tea and just heard my name. I was looking at my other half going, huh? That just happened. <laughs> but then the, a good mention for the Charlton Life Forum as well. So obviously, Football on 5 have done their research. They're trying to reach out to the common man by, by talking about Charlton fans and Charlton forums and stuff. So, yeah, it was very exciting though. Even though I was misquoted, I never said we won't score goals. But anyway, um, uh, uh, Chris carries on. Not the greatest performance by all accounts. Who cares? That's four wins out of five and managed it without Big Josh and Little Jay. Uh, two wins from Southend and Wigan at the Valley and we will really start believing. I'm interested to see how the crowds increase which they will prove in my theory that most of the boycotting is results-led. Very easy to boycott when you're rubbish. Different story when you're flying high. So, I mean, that's, that's the question there at the end. I mean, 
the three of us within here aren't boycotters, so we don't know exactly the theory. But there's you know, there's fans who stop coming. You know, whether it's through an official no, it's not an official boycott. Whether they've whether they've made a decision on boycotting because of Roland Duchatelet, or whether they've just said, you know, what, I'm not enjoying it and just stop coming. I mean, there's probably two fields there. I mean, do, do you think do you think attendances will skyrocket if we're no. fifth or sixth in you know in February? I don't think it will skyrocket. I think there might be a few more. Um, you know, there are a lot of people who have decided they're not going to come back until until the ownership are gone, and they're well within their rights to do that. I I go because I I can't not go <laughs> to be honest, and it's part of my kind of Saturdays, and I and I thoroughly enjoy it. And of course, I enjoy it even more when I'm seeing good football and a winning team. Um, but no, I I honestly don't think it will skyrocket massively. Um, I don't know about you, Tom, on that, but. I don't think so. I think attendances will grow, um, particularly if we're you know top two. Um, but I think there's plenty of people who have made their decision, and it, I don't think it's as results based. But of course, it is going to. Um, there, there, it will increase. Um, I don't know by how much. Um, but yeah, if we're playing nice football, uh, you know that's going to attract the just general football fan who's in London and, and fancies a game. Um, maybe will we'll come as well. So. Yeah, they will increase, but I think there's still plenty of people that are going to stay away until ownership changes. I think. In, in regards to actually those, those next two home games, though, uh, the you know, the South End game. I mean, they've had a not a brilliant start to the season. Mm. Um, I think we've got a really good record against South End here, anyway. So you'd really fancy your chances to get another win. But I'm so excited for that Tuesday night game. Wigan's to huge, really, it's a it? real test of where we are because they're obviously going to be up there. You know, they're, they're not going to be conceding lots and lots of goals. So you know, to uh, yeah, we're really, really looking forward to that one. Yeah. Mm. Um, we're an attacking force. It's gonna. I mean, there's no team is going to find it easy against our. Yeah, I mean, Plymouth did a job on us in the second half, but we should have been out of sight in that first half. So, yeah, it certainly will be a very good game. Right, this is from Ryan Fitzgerald. Says to my girlfriend for her first ever live match of football yesterday, a pretty decent introductions to the highs and lows of being a Charlton fan. Uh, she thought that Ben Amos had a nice bum. Uh, Ricky Holmes looks like Pete Wicks from The Only Way is Essex and loved Chris Soddy because he was so short. <laughs> in fact, even with this being her first ever game, she recognised how short our team is overall. Uh, but was uh, annoyed that the olden players kept bullying, pushing and kicking ours. Hopefully skill, pace and fluidity will continue to trump dirty tactics and brute force in our latter in our later matches this season against similar teams, though we certainly made it harder than we needed to today. We looked so comfortable at two goals ahead twice, only to crumple after they halved our lead twice. Luckily, we held on at the end. Uh, I mean, the, the physicality is something that we're going to have to deal with as well at the times this season. You've got to go to a lot of clubs up, up north as well, and they, <coughs> uh, they are hostile environments up there. Um, I mean, I didn't expect to have got... You're right there, fella. Yeah, <laughs> I, I wasn't expecting to get six points out of those two away games in the slices. I thought, we, you know, they were going to be... Um, you know, we're taking four, four from those, to be honest, but, you know, to get six is fantastic, but it's going to be tough every time you go up there. You know, the, the fact is, we did seem to get our feathers ruffled a bit when... Oldham stuck it to us for those 20-25 minutes yeah. there. Um, the, the weird thing was because of how well we dealt with a very physical and direct team in Rotherham the week before, like we, we didn't have those problems last week. So I do wonder if the fact that we, so the fact when we played Rotherham, we were against a team that come down from the champ, we probably expect them to be up there. Whereas with Oldham, we're seeing a team that did badly last season have done yeah. badly this season. Yeah. So I do think there's probably a bit of mentality there, in there. Were there a lot of challenges going in from Rotherham players last week, or was it more just you know <coughs> boot it up to the front man and win win your headers? Yeah, it was more that. Yeah, I don't think it was such a physical game no, in terms of fouls. Not in the same way. Yeah. No. In regards, to, um, in regards to that that email, email my mother Chris also says that uh, Ricky Holmes looks like Pete Wicks. So uh, <laughs> there's, there's a few. I don't know who Pete that. Wicks is. So I'm gonna have to. I assume he's a Ricky look Holmes look alike. Looks now. like Ricky Holmes. Yeah. yeah. I want that girl to review the games every week. <laughs> uh, uh, Ryan's uh, email did continue actually all four of our goals were absolute corkers 
Uh, Ricky's gets better with every watch, and to their credit, so are Oldham's. Robbo certainly has us playing fluid, flowing, exciting football that guarantees a lot of goals at either end. Think I'll be able to convince the missus to go to a few more of these northern away days now. Cheers, as always. And that's from Ryan. Uh, right, Jim Dutton was there. Uh, Jimmy C's grandson says, uh, Hi, Ben and team. Am I missing something there? I don't know. I thought I was something <laughs> <coughs> Stop calling you Ben now. Yeah, uh, yesterday was like three matches. He must have said something yesterday when I spoke to him and I've forgotten. Uh, it says, yesterday was like three matches for the price of one. The first where we were sublime. The second where we went to sleep and were bullied by Oldham. The third after Farnay was sent off where we came back strongly but then nearly gave it away again. Overall, highly entertaining stuff uh, but bad for the blood pressure. He also says, uh, any chance of mentioning the screening of Hawaii the Lads, a 1976 film made by Thames TV about the early life of Jimmy Seed. It's going to be at the White Swan. Uh, pub up in Charlton Village on Monday the 11th of September uh, bet- uh, 8pm doors open at 6.45 and it's free uh, followed by a Q&A with Jimmy's grandson who we're speaking to here uh, event organised by the Charlton Athletic Museum film hasn't been seen since 1976 that actually sounds really interesting I, yeah. might, I might try and get along to that yeah I'd seen, seen that in Charlton Life a few weeks ago so yeah it'd be a good, yeah. Yeah, good evening sounds good but like as you said I mean a game of three quarters I'd say, even say it's a game of four quarters yesterday because we had the opening stage of the first half where we're all over them the second half was really like the end, the second half of the first half was really difficult. Then we went back ahead, uh, but then that last fifteen minutes was quite uncomfortable. Uh, viewing next one's from Mark Newbury says, uh, "Evening chap, I'm evening chaps. I'm basking in the free scoring football, which is guaranteed to leave us all with no fingernails by April. Uh, maybe look uh, up last season's st- stats. Uh, as under Slade, we didn't manage to score eleven goals." Until the eleventh league match, and this season we've done it in five. Now that's a good stat, that news. Good stat. I was interested about that. I think I was trying to think about last <laughs> August and how it how it had gone. I think September. I was, I was thinking about more how many different people had scored. And I had a look. I think we've had eleven different scorers over all the tournaments so far. Yeah, it's, it's, it's incredible. Isn't it? I think seven in the league. I saw yeah, something yeah, earlier, but yeah, eleven. If, if you count the, uh, yeah, Jeff, 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 we've got goals there. everywhere. That's why. What are we talking about? Where are the goals going to come from? That's why I want to know. I didn't say that. <laughs> so he says so compared to the negative safest setups this is actually fun to watch and to be honest I don't have any hair to pull out uh, I can confirm that I've seen I've seen him without a hat on uh, God only knows what Scunthorpe's seen both Novak and Crofts uh, all I can think is that we only uh, only sold Novak on the understanding he took way with him uh, a football buy one get one free offer if you like it's a bit harsh Mark but <laughs> are we are we playing Scunthorpe soon? soonish yeah maybe it's one of those tactics like the That's enemy within. Cross is going to score. Yeah. <laughs> Just to, yeah, yeah. come find you in a crowd. It'd be like when who who did Heskey play for not that long ago? Bolton yeah. was it Bolton and he scored and I hated Heskey all my life and he scored <laughs> so Cross will do it now. Yeah, uh, I remember watching the Leicester game where Dodu made his debut and was impressed then. So that was against Berry who scored a hat trick for Leicester on his yeah. debut in the League Cup <clears> uh, and was impressed then. So hopefully Carl works his Deli Ali magic on him <laughs> and he'll become a valuable weapon. With his pace, another week with no complaints. Lex makes the most of it. And it's interesting to talk about Carl's work with Deli Ali there. I mean, Carl's work of improving players, and now I mean Carl's sort of palmed off the congratulations to Boya and to Jackson. We're talking about Jake Forster Kasky here because his uh, his improvement towards the end of last season, the start of this one, has been notable. And if Carl can bring out that sort of improvement in the other players, and we're talking about Dodo here, who who needs to up his goal record because he wasn't scoring as many for Rangers as he'd like. I mean, like, that'd be I, good news. I, I see a better Carl and a Hearn Grant than I've seen before mm. already. I feel like he's getting improvement because he's well, he's playing, he's getting some minutes under his belt. But I, yeah, yeah, there's quite a lot of young players who are bitten in the, in this team now, who 
are, are being improved, which is which is good. You know, I haven't, I haven't been able to see the the cup games, but you know, the, the likes of Dick Steele, Charles Cook. I know Charles Cook's gone out on loan, but you know, he was playing some decent football and scored a goal. Hackett Fairchild. So there's there's good players coming through, and it's, it's pretty obvious that you know from the sounds of it that he's had good experience with developing young people. So so I hope it I hope it happens here. Uh, Freddie tweeted in saying, "Agree that Wigan is going to be a very thrilling game, full of nerves uh, from the fans." I think before that one, and then finally, just a last email for now from Stephen Taylor says, "Please don't talk up with uh, Ricky." Hashtag January transfer window. He's <laughs> going think, nowhere. Though. Yeah, I think his uh, his football does the talking for him. Right, we're going to have a quick break here on Charlton Live, and when we come back, I want to talk about um, the January transfer. Uh, sorry, the summer transfer window. Obviously, uh, it's closed now. We know where we are. Want to know? Are you happy with uh, with what we've got? Do you, did you want more? Were you surprised with Novak going out? Uh, are you sad to see uh, Crofts on his way? Um, let us know. So let's come back. We'll have a quick break. Get your tweets in at Charlton Live. Get your emails in studio at CharltonLive.co.uk. Later on in the show, of course, we've got our exclusive interview as well with Addicts Legend Keith Peacock. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs no deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. Dennis is fed in, lovely touch, goes round his player, chips across the box, Jackson, oh yes, what a goal by Johnny Jackson, arriving late in the box, Holmes Dennis with a pinpoint cross, and the skippers give a Charlton the lead. Charlton Live. Welcome back to Charlton Live here on the Maritime Radio, just talking about the England game actually, uh, between us, did you watch it Tom? Yeah. So at least one of us watched it. Yeah, I had four nil. I had uh, Ali and Kane to score, yeah. so Ali let me down. Uh, talking yeah. to Delhi Ali, <laughs> yeah, come on, Carl. Carl obviously didn't that. coach him quite well enough. <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh, right, uh, got a good tweet in from 100% Charlton about Billy Clark, which we're going to talk about during our player in focus section, which is going to come after the Keith Peacock interview. But today, uh, obviously, the transfer window closed now on Friday, uh, on Thursday. Sorry, and we had we were live on air on Thursday, and we had Richard Cawley from the South London Press on now. Obviously, we didn't say this on air, but I rang him up just before the show started, uh, just to get him queued up for for the show. And, and I said, "Any anything going on?" He said, "There's half a chance something's going on with Novak, but I can't stand it up at the moment, so we can't talk about it." So he did know. It's not like it came completely out of the blue, but we, we, at that time, it wasn't sure. And that's how transfer deadline day goes. Four minutes after we came off air, it all changed, and he was on his way to Scunthorpe. Now. We talked all. We've talked for so long about wanting an extra body through the door, an extra striker, and we've ended up with one in, one out. And you know, you're putting a you know an experienced player who hasn't quite done the business because he's had he's had his injury problems for us. Uh, he's gone out the door, and we've brought in someone who's you know on 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 the front of it quite 
inexperienced. We don't know much about him. So even looking at that, some people might have even seen that as weakening. But it certainly wasn't adding... I mean, if Dodo had come on with Novak still here, then I'd be sitting here rubbing my hands saying, yes, we've had an excellent window. We are still at the same amount of strikers. Now, like I have said, and I'd like to put this on record again, there is goals in the midfield. <laughs> Caroline, if you're listening. But... Um, but um, if it comes to where there's going to be those games where it's not quite working for the midfield, you want that striker who's going to take his one chance. Now, Josh can do that, but you want another one as well because we're yeah. greedy. Am I being greedy? No, no, not at all. No, I, I'm. Yeah, I wanted one more in. Um, but I don't know if anyone's watched the video today from the, the Bleacher Report, I think. And it's oh, the cr- transfer the window. Yeah. Video. So 10 minutes of Sheffield United's kind of tragedy <laughs> the, whole, the whole day. And you really watch how much of a nightmare that mm. the whole day is. I mean, I, I know we shouldn't be leaving it to the kind of last minute. You, you want to try and get the, the people that you want you know, through the door before that, that deadline day. But I dread to think how much of a nightmare it actually yeah. is. When you, when you think, okay, someone's going to go. We've got to get someone in. And obviously there was... Don't do Owen Doyle by the sounds of it yeah. because he turned us down and it, apparently I think it was another one as well. But the fact that you have to kind of just run through and, and try and get you know, go through all the hoops or you know, agents trying to get involved and it, it's, it sounds like an absolute nightmare. So I, I feel I, I empathise really with managers when they get to to that point. But there's also the balance if you should try and get your business done as quickly yeah, as I mean, possible. Why, why do you think there is so much brinkmanship in it? Do you, do you think they used to get good deals? It's, or? It's, it's, it's agents and money, isn't it? It's for, for me, mm. there, there's, there's far too much say by agents nowadays. I think Sky don't help it now by making deadline day this whole party atmosphere. Weird just, thing was, I mean, for me, Thursday, when I was going home from here, from the valley after the show, that was genuinely the first time I remember being really excited about what's going to happen, what's going to happen. Yeah. Was... I think that was the thing, because when Novak went, you went right, and uh, everyone on Twitter was saying, surely we're not, <laughs> uh, of the regime really left it, that we're going to be left with one striker. So you go, right, we're getting someone, we have to be getting someone, and it's, but Richard basically shut down all of the rumours, so it was like, well, who's it going to be? Hmm. So that was exciting. Um, obviously, this was a name I'd never heard of, but... Um, yeah, it did make it exciting. But I agree with with Crispy. I think the the money in the game, the the way that it's marketed now, that deadline day is such a big thing. I think all, the way that agents work, they're all just after that extra bit of cash. They want to make it into a big story, and it just makes the whole deal much harder to do. Uh, we had because I had an email in from Andrew Kirk on. So this came in on Thursday, but after we'd already left, so I've only just seen it now. But he was asking about Matthew Godden. Because uh, apparently he follows Charlton on Twitter, but I think I saw Rich tweet that apparently he might actually be a Charlton fan, ironically. Yeah, it's, uh, but it's local, that. isn't he? Mm. But that was obviously that was a rumor that was put around uh, one of the newspapers linked us with him a couple of weeks before, um, and I asked. I remember asking Carl about it, and he thought it was hilarious that we were linked with someone in such amount of money. But then you, know, you get these fake journalist accounts that, that the people set up, and people start, oh, "Was it? Yeah, just for a bit of a laugh, setting it up." And then I mean. Uh, you know, that happens. I'm not really that bothered about that. I was disappointed with Bet Victor, the uh, the betting company who were uh, who started tweeting out reports, quoting reports. So now a report says that so that Matt Gordon has been seen near the value. Now, I mean, that come from a fake journalist account. I mean, as I say, kids are going to set up those accounts, whatever. It's a bit of a laugh. But surely a betting company. I had two hundred quid on it. <laughs> yeah, no. but surely, surely a bank. I, mean, I, I, I didn't put any money on it because I knew it wasn't going to happen. But surely a betting company shouldn't be allowed to quote reports, especially when they haven't bothered to check if it's from anyone. You know, in, um, Michael Walsh LDN is not a real account, is it? They, surely they should check if this person's got any pedigree. I mean, if Richard Corley tweets it or Sun Sport tweets it, then maybe they could use it. But surely they've got some sort of. 
I mean, they, they just want to take your money, don't they? Yeah. So they don't I'm, care. A big, I'm a big follower of Roger Rose, so you know, he's, <laughs> yeah. he's a big, I'm a big fan of his. Yeah, it, it, it's wrong, um, but we're in the social media age where a lot of people genuinely believe what they read on there a lot of the time. Mm. Um, I think that's the thing as well. I think the betting company's argument would be, well, the people who are putting their money on have got to do their research as well. You know? Yeah, but surely they shouldn't be. They shouldn't no, be colouring it. Of course they shouldn't. Mm. But I, I suspect that was that would be what they would say in response. They mm. go, if someone's going to put that money on, then they should research where where it's come from. But Some, someone's asked for a price on it because they thought about yeah. it. If mm. they're going to do it, that's their that's their job. But yeah, I I, I agree yeah. with with, uh, with you guys. So anyway, not one to hold a grudge. I've gone to the gambling commission <laughs> with an email to find, uh, about about what Bet Victor did because I wasn't. I thought I thought that was pretty poor behaviour, in my opinion. I mean, I, I don't. Know, there's probably not a rule against it, which is the annoying thing. But to quote reports from a source, that, you know, it's just some kids messing about. Uh, I, because that Charlton fans would have seen that tweet from Bet Victor saying, "Oh my God, he's reported near the valley," and they wouldn't. They they wouldn't be bothered to check in you know they're just sitting there saying yeah. oh bet victor have said it it must be real mm-hmm. and that's why i think that that's pretty unfair and especially when they was they showed that the odds started off at two to one and went out all the way to one to four so uh pretty poor because that means they they've not necessarily cons but they've they've put out a report a tweet that's made charlton fans think it's going to happen and stolen their money <laughs> in my in my opinion uh right so i've asked you for your opinions on the transfer uh, deadline day in London. Inigiza says uh, Cross was part of one of the worst Charlton midfields I can remember. Decent in his day, but sadly passed it when he joined us. I mean, uh, Tom, you're, you're a big fan, biggest fan. Yeah. yeah, I mean, you you weren't you weren't sad to see him go. Now, my my opinion on Crofty was I think he's a you know a, a, a just about acceptable as a squad player. I mean, he's a he's a he's an honest pro. You can't argue that, and he's mm. a fit player. He and he, he did his job to the to to the best of his ability, and he, but he, he's not that he's not that player who's going to set the world on fire. I mean, we've got we've got Cashy, and he, when you compare Cashy to him, for example, to do a similar role, you can see that's a step up in quality that I think you need to be attacking the top of the, of the, of the division. Yeah, I think uh, in the way Slade played football, he kind of fitted, and it was a bit a bit more plodding, um, a bit more you know the experienced player like Novak that that he chose to bring in I think in this young quick exciting Carl Robinson's side he just doesn't fit and I have been very very critical I don't think he's got the quality to perform in this side um, so no I wasn't upset to see him go but yeah it's nothing against him as a, as a professional footballer he's, he's had a very good career um, I just think from what I've seen he made too many mistakes he slowed the play down too much and he was too rash in his tackling um, so he's no real loss I think the issue with both him and Novak leaving is we said we needed another striker and then the second place we said if we did want more cover was defensive midfielder um, whilst I wasn't happy if Crofts was going to be that one at least we did have someone there um, but as Carl said you know we've got the likes of Konza that can come in and do it um, Aribo maybe can play there as well so we have still got options there which is good um, but no I, I can't say I was sad to see Crofts leave uh, Anthony uh, Penton says I'm led to believe that Ricky Lambert is without a club uh, surely we could uh, we could have got him for, no for the season wouldn't need uh, big wages yeah. I, I'd, I'd be delighted but no chance I think he would want big wages compared to what we can afford yeah Sammy says the deal was all but done with Stevenage for uh, Matthew Gordon but suddenly the price up, went up and put Charlton out I understand that I, don't think, that's I, think, I think that was Michael Smith LDN that yeah. you saw on Twitter yeah, that might have done Wolf, that yeah. one because I saw that as well yeah uh, Seb Lewis says I remember following the once a year deadline day in March on the old CFAX when in 1998 we signed Eddie Yelts. Well, I, I can't remember that, Seb. But good bit of business, that. Good to say we have had some. Uh, we, we have to go back to 1998 for our last bit of deadline <laughs> day excitement. 
cheers. Good signing, though, to be fair. Yeah. Yeah. Cheers for that, Sebo. Uh, we had an email in from Jacob Styles. Says uh, Novak wasn't the man for us uh, at the end of the day because he wasn't a target ma- a target man like Josh and wasn't agile or fast enough. Had no real place in the formation we playing with Crofts. It was time for him to go, and I think Ezri is next in line. Also, does that leave room for free agent Josh Wright? I mean, I've seen a lot of people asking about Josh Wright. I mean, Carl's said he rates him as a player, but every time he's been asked about, it, he said, nah, it, yeah, "It was interesting though because he did say I haven't got room." The only thing, and then, yeah, the next the, day Crofts went. Yeah, the only thing I will say on that is, I mean, my understanding was that Crofts came here because he wanted to play football, not because he was after a big payday. So I don't think he was on the biggest amount of money. So in terms of freeing up that much room, I don't think it's that much. I think that's probably a reason he's gone to Scunthorpe because he knows he'll play. Yeah, I, prob- that's probably. What I understand. Yeah, yeah. Right. So there we go. I think that's all the all the stuff on transfer deadline day. Now, uh, during the uh, the week, uh, I've, I've been exchanging emails with the, the people who are organising the Legends game here at the Valley on September the 17th. Um, celebrate 25 years uh, since the return to the Valley and also 25 years of the Community Trust. Now, one of the men who's been heavily involved in organising that uh, is, is Keith Peacock. He's been in charge of getting all the players uh, together. Now, obviously, they want to advertise it, but Keith Peacock is an absolute Charlton legend. So when I was offered the chance to interview him, I uh, absolutely bit his hand off. So this is what Keith Peacock had to say, Charlton legend. Well, we're delighted to be joined now on Charlton Live by an addicts legend, uh, Keith Peacock. Good afternoon, Keith. How are you doing? Good afternoon. I'm doing very well. Excellent. So, this weekend. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Now, Keith, obviously you've had a, a long-standing connection with the club. You've done everything for him, really, from player to assistant manager, caretaker manager, and now uh, club ambassador. And uh, uh, now also you're heavily involved in arranging the uh, Legends United charity game at the Valley on September the 17th, and you're managing one of the uh, the sides. It sounds like it's uh, gearing up to be a very special day. Yes, I'm certainly hoping so. I'm, I'm part of the committee that was formed a, a while ago, some time ago, um, for this. But two things. Number one, the idea was to commemorate the 25 years uh, since we returned to the Valley, obviously, and um, 25 years of the trust, community trust being uh, started. And so it's a double whammy, as you could say. But yeah. uh, my side, obviously, for this particular event is um, getting the players together uh, for September 17th. And um, hopefully it'll be a very, very interesting game. Mm-hmm. Now, obviously, there's like you say, a lot of hard work's gone into commemorate the, the firstly the 25th anniversary of, of the return to Valley. I mean, that, I mean that day you can't overemphasize how uh, hugely important that day was for for the club that, that you hold so dearly to your heart. Yes, because um, and for so many the, the fans at that time that helped get us back to the Valley, uh, it, was, it was tremendous work. The directors. Um, and, and I'm hoping that, that they will all be returning on the, uh, uh, in a fortnight's time, my listen, um, uh, to enjoy a day of remembrance, uh, for that very, very special moment when we, uh, Roger Owen opened the gates and, uh, we had our first game back because so many people would have thought it would never happen, you know, being at Crystal Palace and then West Ham, when West Ham we were getting closer, obviously, to, the returning to the valley and then actually getting there was just a, a very emotional day for every and every one of the people that were connected from fans to players to directors and everyone who worked there. Yeah, I mean, you mentioned, you mentioned the fans. I mean, they went to unbelievable lengths to, to try and help get the club back to the valley, going as far as 
of course, vo- uh, forming the Valley Party, a political party, no less. I mean, you must have been so impressed with how hard uh, the, the supporters worked at the time to, to get the club back home. Uh, yes, absolutely. I, I was during those uh, late eighties. I was elsewhere, mainly at Gillingham Football Club as manager at that time. And my only decade away since the sixties <laughs> from Charlton has been during the eighties, and um, probably just as well because it was such a traumatic time. But um, from a slight distance and just down the road in Kent, um, obviously I kept an eye on all that was happening. There was a heart heart wrenching period. Uh, that that had that that very very happy ending, and you know the, the fans uh, have been magnificent um, in what they did in those back then, and of course um, you know hopefully our uh, future will be bright, and we've got to, to a good start this year as well. Yeah, I mean, and you mentioned just then that you had you had a few years away at Gillingham and, and Maidstone, but other, other than that, I mean, you've you've been wedded to the club now. I think I saw for forty three forty three seasons now. I mean, why why is it that you've stuck with Charlton for so long? Because it's become such a huge part of your life, hasn't it? Yes, um, strange enough as well as a youngster, although I was born down here, my family came from the northeast, and uh, I was brought up on the black and white of Newcastle, um, <laughs> and and I was into my teens before I really sort of got in the uh, support of Charlton. Although I went down to Charlton, the Valley, um, Newcastle was my love. But um, I, I had the chance to join them as a schoolboy at 15 and then signed as a professional at 17. I had 17 very fortunate years as a player for Charlton. And uh, I think it, all in all, I think it's about 43 seasons uh, 44 that I'd actually <laughs> been at the club so there is um, you could say there's a bit of feeling for this great club yeah and, and you, you made so many memories there and of course you entered the history books by being the first ever substitute you are being used in the football league as well so I mean your name is synonymous with, with Charlton and, and that must make you very proud no I, I am very proud of that fact and um uh, although I, I played n- nearly 600 games and Barton beat me by about uh, 30 games, I think. Um, and uh, But the game that so many people these days remember me for is a game that actually I was left out of the side and I was really uh, not happy <laughs> to understand, but, you know, sit on the bench in this very strange position because we'd never had this before, you know. Was, yeah. You know, and, and you're only going to come on for an injury and people in those days players did not come off unless they had a broken leg, a cruciate ligament damage, or were totally knocked out. They they stayed on that field because that's what they always were used to doing. And I found myself on the field after 11 minutes, and uh, so the rest is history, and uh, I'm remembered for that. But yeah. it's nice to be in the history books. Yeah. And, and you mentioned there that, that Sam Bartram, you said, beat, has beaten you by about 30 appearances. I mean, is there any chance you can have a word with Carl and see if you can get a game in the checker trade this season, perhaps? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I think I could last for about two minutes. And, um, <laughs> you know, and I, I think uh, I'd love to be able to get on the field again. But uh, no, I, I'm very fortunate to have an, a long career, and uh, I'll okay. settle for that. Yeah, of course. Uh, the, the news this week is uh, that the, the lower tier of the covered end has been opened up for supporters for the Legends game on, on the 17th. And I mean, that, that that's a part of the ground that holds so many memories. It's like a very special part of the ground to fans. So it's nice to see that they've they've managed to get that open as well for this event. Yes, it, it was something that um, obviously it became logistically perhaps more difficult in, in many ways because we don't know the size of the crowd that's coming. Um 
but uh, because of all that, that the North Stand means to so many, not only the fans, but the players uh, who, who are out there over these 25 years, a number of them have had a very, very special relationship. Well, ne- nearly everyone, really, but um, a few players stand out in my mind, and I'm, I'm sure they wouldn't mind being singled out, really. I mean, Mark Kinsella, um, uh, particularly as a captain during those crucial years of when we got promotion and got into the Premiership, how uh, he had a great relationship stirring, stirring up the North Stand into uh, <laughs> giving even more noise. You know. Yeah. I mean, what were your memories of the actual day on, on the 5th of uh, December 1992? Because I think you were there as a special guest. They, they invited a lot of former players back. What are your memories of the actual day? Um, well, I was always around the dressing room. Uh, Steve Grit and Curbs were the, the managers on that day, player managers, in actual fact, and Gritty played. Um, and uh, I was my, my role at that time was to sort of... Just, Senior head in the in the background, but just there for any odd bits of advice uh, regards games and players, etc. Um, but I officially uh, took the reserves. Um, so probably on that day, I was talking to one or two players who had been left out of the team. Um, I, I kind of took that under my wing as a part of my job of doing um, a couple of disappointments on that side. But apart from that. Um, yeah, it was one of those moments where where we just had to win the game. There, there didn't have to be any motivational team talks before that match. And of course, um, uh, you know, how, how much of, of a part do you think going back to the Valley helped in, in, in the future success? Because obviously it was, it was only five or six years later that we got up into the Premiership. I mean, how important do you think coming back to the Valley was for that success? Oh, it was absolutely vital it, for us to be... Um, and have the stadium we have today, that was the critical moment, you know, getting back. I know on that day, you know, you know the facts better than me, but it would be only perhaps eight and a half thousand people that, um, could get in to see, to see that game. Um, we were in porter cabins for, uh, for the directors and they had to walk across to the old, uh, stadium. And uh, director's box, but uh, yeah, we, we once we'd got back, that was the main thing getting back. And what happened after that? Obviously, we built on that moment um, and returned, and everything gradually took off from there. Yeah. Now, like I say, you've been uh, extensively working your your contacts book, haven't you? To get some some real Charlton legends to come back on the uh, on September the seventeenth. I was thinking like the fact that so many players from years gone by are, are happy and probably willing to you know desperate to come back and play in this game shows the connection. And once once you pass through the walls of the valley, then you end up forging a real connection with the club and with the supporters, don't you? I, I think you do because of our history of what uh, people have gone through in the past and. Um, the great thing about um, the players that are coming along, and it would be between 32 and 40 players, but um, maybe the 32 involved in actually playing, um, you know, it's, it's going to be special for them. They, they nearly all formed great relationships at the time because um, and to, to cover that time, um, we've got players coming along that were playing on the day, like the Gary Nelsons and... Um, Carl Liebman will be there, although not, not be playing. He'll be mm. there more than an ambassador. Bob Boulder, Simon Webster, these players will be playing right the way through 
to people who have been playing in latter years. So we're covering, we're covering on the playing field 25 years, which is a very unusual thing, I think, a, a one-time only event taking place. The former Players Association, which I happen to be chairman of, but they, they have been going for some time and to, um, in helping, uh, through the years have kept in touch with a number of players, you know, that have helped, uh, get them, get these players back, um, on this very important day, hopefully for us all. They, they very seldom get mentioned. And, uh, uh, they, they've done sort of these things and, uh, John Wilk has been there for about 20 years sort of doing bits and pieces and, hmm. um, I think it's nice for them to get uh, some sort yeah. of recognition on that. Yeah. And, uh, finally, we mentioned it earlier. It's also marks 25 years of the, the community trust this year and all, all the money raised from the Legends games is, uh, is going towards the trust. I mean, the, the work that they do within the local community has always, um, been something that I as a fan have always been very proud of. As someone, uh, so closely connected with the club as well, you must be very proud of the work that, that the uh, community trust do. Yes, absolutely fantastic. And, um, I've been made even more, always aware of it, but more so in, in the last year. And, and certainly the last six months, um, in terms of the, the detail, the outreach that they have and fantastic work. And of course, you know, everyone come, that comes along and supports all that they do throughout the year and particularly on, on this year, knowing that everything is going to boost the funds and help the local community in every possible way. So that's very, very special. Yeah, excellent. Well, Keith, it's been great yeah. talking to you. Uh, just, I think just one last thing. I think, um, to ask about the, the current first team is, is the breathless win up at Oldham yesterday, but, um, you know, shaping up quite nicely so far this season, been off, off to a great, great start, it seems. Yes. And, um, what's been very exciting is the, the football we've been playing. We've got quick, exciting players and, uh, one or two players are playing particularly well. Once again, you know, people like Ricky Holmes are, uh, uh, kind of lighting up the fans um, with their play and, and some outstanding goals that we've we've got so far this season, and particularly Ricky's one from the, <laughs> yesterday was uh, exceptional, and I think that will go down as one of the best goals of the year. Um, that's for sure. Yeah, I think uh, he'll struggle to do better than that one, but knowing him, I'm sure he'll be trying because uh, he's he's got a few <laughs> like that in his locker, hasn't he? <laughs> uh, Keith. Yeah, that must have been from uh, must have been from about thirty eight forty yards. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think he said something along the lines of he didn't know why he was shooting from there when he saw it back on the, <laughs> on the replay. But anyway, Keith, it's been an absolute pleasure to uh, to speak to you on Charlton Live, and uh, we all look forward to coming together on September the seventeenth for the Legends United game. And uh, good luck to the side that you're managing in that. Thank you very much indeed. Into the, into the box, it's a flick off from McGinnis! Yeah! Yeah! Oh, Charlton have grabbed the equaliser! I think it could have been Bauer on the line, but McGinnis' initial header. And quite how we've done it, I've no idea, but Charlton are back on level terms. Great to hear from uh, Charlton legend there, Keith Peacock. Uh, spoke to him earlier on in the, in the afternoon, and obviously... Um, Looking forward to the the Legends United game on on the seventeenth. Uh, London Unity. I used to watch Peacock playing down the valley. He was 
Uh, he has has to be Mr. Charlton. Remember going to that first game back at the Valley. I mean, he's um, he's been linked with a club now since nineteen sixty two. Nineteen sixty two, and I think forty three seasons involved with the club because uh, he had a few years away. He was manager of Gillingham, manager of Mayton. He went to yeah. West Ham with Curbs as well. I think he did. Yeah. Manager for a while. Um, I mean, Mr. Charlton, full stop, isn't it really? Yeah, absolute legend. Um, uh, from from myself, I've been a, been going since ninety five, ninety six. So you know the the amount of years he was there as part of the uh, the management team alongside um, Curbs and then alongside Mervyn Day for a lot of it as well. Um, and the fact that he's still here now, he, you know, if you go in crossbars before the games, um, he's there having a having a chat with with everyone. Is just you know he's he's just a absolute legend of the mm. club um you know you'd probably be here till mm. till that to that end point um i, I think with with um with, with keith he's just very very yeah, yeah every, every club has that kind of player that's synonymous with it isn't it mm. and, you know um and we've obviously got a few um they're all going to be at that legends game but yeah he, he really does does stand out i think yeah the difference is that he's just so available for for everyone you think of people like I don't know, Derek Hales, you know, we couldn't even get an interview with him or barely could we when we did the Upbeats walk. You think of people like Mendonca, you know, where we haven't seen him very much since. Powell obviously came back and was a manager, then went off. Kerbishley, obviously. So these people, they come and they are legends here and then they disappear. But Peacock's just always here. He's always available. Like I've met him at like a, Crispy says in crossbars and chatted to him and stuff. And it's just, yeah, as you say, Mr. Charlton, just synonymous with the club. Yeah. Uh, Keith was uh, also keen to point out uh, the. The, the, obviously, the, the cupboard end lower is now open, um, but uh, the game's on September the seventeenth, and uh, advise you to order your tickets beforehand because I think on the day it's going to be queues, mm. queues, queues, and there's volunteers sorting it. So the, the, it's easier for everyone if you get your tickets in advance. So I think you can get them from the club website, but they're yeah, um, okay. uh, they're, they're ten pounds for adults and two pounds for under elevens. I mean, I'm, I'm just looking at the list of legends who are coming down here. Um, and, and it's unbelievable the amount of players we've got. Sasserich, Dean Kiley, Kinsella, Koncheski, uh, Kishishev, Lieburn, Robert Lee, Kevin Lisby, Clive Mendonca, Scott Minto, I mean, uh, Chris Powell, Graham Stewart, Colin Walsh, of course, uh, Eddie Yowes, Luke Young. I mean, there's so... so Herman Horizon. So <laughs> I'm getting excited reading the list again. Lee Bogue is playing. Bob Boulder, Mickey Bennett, Anthony Barnes. There's more that I haven't mentioned. Uh, and oh my god, that list of Charlton players! I mean, that is a who's who of Charlton legends, isn't it? Well, that's a who's who of every every you know, bit of my supporting days. Yeah. So that that you know, it's going to be a bit of a throwback for myself. So I'm, I'm really excited about it. I think I think every every Charlton fan, um, you know, over the last 20, 25 years, will uh, will get a lot of kind of fond memories from from seeing it. You know, um, having you know have, having curves back is, is means a lot to my to myself and, and Chris Powell for. Some young younger fans over the last few years have bring you so many memories. So yeah, it'll be, I think it'll be quite an emotional day. I'd, I'd, yeah, I'd say yeah. down here as well, given the kind of yeah, the, the twenty five years back at the Valley mm-hmm. part as well. Yeah, Powell, uh, Kirby, Grit, of course. Um, Dave Berry from the radio. He's, he's managing one of the teams along with along with uh, Keith Peacock and Freddie's Stunned by the fact that he's been with Charlton since nineteen sixty two. But that's that was when his first Almost season as long was Terry. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it was, uh, genuinely. Is he there for his first game? Yeah, genuinely. I think there's every chance he might have been actually. Yeah. I have to work that out with the math. Am I, am I right in saying that he was the first? It's, the first ever football league substitute. That's that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We yeah. mentioned that. Just heard that in the yeah. uh, in the interview. There, he said he's quite funny. He said he was aggrieved that he wasn't started in that <laughs> game, but then he made history after 11 minutes by by coming on. Uh, anyway, right. Uh, so yeah, great to hear from Keith Peacock. Just before we do our player in focus, which is Billy Clark, just an email from Matthias Johnson says, "Hi guys, uh, I was close, uh, so close to getting into the game yesterday. My flight from Naples to Manchester arrived too late for me." 
to go. That's a shame. I was uh, over that way a few weeks ago as well, actually. Matthias, hope you had a nice time. Uh, I was absolutely gutted when I checked my phone to find out the game was such a thriller. Ricky Holmes' goal was fantastic for me. I wouldn't change uh, that front three, Holmes, Billy Clark and Fosu, if they're still performing at that level uh, they've, uh, they've been so far this season. Sad to see Crofts go. Would have kept it in case Cashy gets injured. <clears throat> I thought he, bought, uh, he broke play up nicely. Uh, yes, not the tidiest player, but uh, nonetheless, I would have uh, would have liked him to have stayed. Hope to see you guys soon. That's from Matthias. Uh, nice for you. Thanks for your email, uh, Matthias. Uh, right, so like I say, um, our player in focus this week is Billy uh, is Billy Clark. Now, um, uh, when when he signed, I mean, with you know, he signed week Charlton signed striker Billy Clark. So straight away, Wikipedia goal stats. Oh, hasn't scored much recently. And that's straight. That's what we do because yeah, so that's what fans do. But you know, then you then you read more into it. Oh, actually, he's more of the number ten. He's a link up player, and I mean, could he have done much much more? He's, he's, he's already scored twice this season anyway. He got an assist as well. But in terms of bringing the other players into play, Tom, I mean, I've been well impressed so he, far. He's been fantastic. Um, yeah, I I didn't know a huge amount about him, um, and, and as you say, when you then check the goal record, you're like, oh, okay. Um, then we sign Reeves and you think okay well Clark can keep that position for now but you'd assume Reeves is going to start when fit but Clark has just been absolutely brilliant uh, as you say linking the play bringing both wingers into play linking well with, with Josh up front um, he just makes everything tick and he, he's just so exciting on the ball he can spot a pass uh, he's got every facet of the game and then this weekend to get his goal as well which was perhaps the one thing that we were concerned about and, and he does that as well so yeah, I've been hugely impressed with him. Is his intelligence for me when he's got the ball is is, is the most key part. You know, the fact he knows when it's to to, to hold it mm. up. Um, there's been a couple of instances. I mean, what, one in the, I know it's only a friendly, but one against Ipswich, I think it was, where you know could have easily had a shot, but then picked off this beautiful pass to set up Fosu for a goal. I think one against Northampton, where you know could easily have a shot once again, picks it past <coughs> to set up an, e- yeah. an, e- an easier chance. Like rarely makes the wrong decision. Yeah, yeah, and, and I think there was a, I think one yesterday. I can't remember if it was a lead up for a goal, but you know held it. Up, held it up, played the right ball. I think that yeah actually led to force the Kasky setting up Fosu, yeah, but that started yeah. from him having the intelligence to go right. I'm going to hold that and then make that pass. So he's just he's very bright, but he's also got the heart and the kind of desire. I think you know Robinson said he I'd hate playing against him because he's just niggly, he's annoying, yeah. he's angry, but he's got the intelligence alongside it. I mean, once again, he was the one who was on the line yesterday to clear the ball as well. So mm. he's got that from both sides. He, he's he's a Cholton player. He's what you, you know. There have been quite a few players like that over the years. Kind of like your Gary Nelsons and those sorts of people that you kind of go, yeah, I love coming to watch those players because they're Cholton. He seems like that kind of player that you, you really want in that number ten. It's going to be hard for Reeves to to get him out. Yeah. I think Gary Nelson's playing the Legends game as well, actually. But um, back on uh, back on Clark. <laughs> so obviously, I've asked for your for your uh, opinions on uh, Billy Clark. He is this week's player in focus. I've got loads actually. I mean, but at the start of the season, we all did our predictions, which we're keeping secret until the end of the season. And I've already let slip one of mine, which is I I assumed that by the end of the season, everyone would hate Billy Clark because he hadn't scored enough goals, <laughs> but I'd love him because he'd be like a hold-up player because I've done that before with other players. But um, so far, I've been proved wrong because everyone loves him. But anyway, uh, Lewis Cat, just to prove that point, says he's the Irish Messi. Uh, uh, Jake on Twitter says he's a brilliant player, soups the uh, the central attacking midfielder number 10 role perfectly in this formation, being superb for us, runs everywhere, doesn't get enough credit. Whilst Reeves isn't fit yet, Billy Clark is making himself hard to drop, uh, being our best player so far this season. Jimmy Seed says, calmness on the ball, good decision making, like you said, Crispy, good positional sense, love the way he stroked the ball into the net for his goal yesterday, it really was a measured finish uh, that I really enjoyed. Uh, Cobbles says, uh, I think he's a very good player, 
but from what I've seen so far, uh, very composed and plays in an important role in the team. Reese says, quality so far. Didn't expect much as Bradford fans really didn't rate him, but he's really impressed me. His work rate has been great. See, that's why I thought everyone's going to hate him because the Bradford fans, you see in this you know, goal record, apparently quite a weak shot according to them. Yeah, that's why that's what I thought would happen here. But I'd be I'd be like really clever and be going, oh yeah, but look at that pass and stuff. But no, everyone everyone's picked up on it, unfortunately. Uh, Matt says he's the type of player we lacked last season. Do you agree with that? Do you think we were missing his sort of quality like last year? I'm trying to think if we had anyone of that sort of that type of play last year. Don't say for any older stats. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll keep quiet. <laughs> I, I think for for me, there's obviously. Uh, the, the tempo that, that Robinson wants to have in his team and a kind of aggression and especially at home I think Clark's going to be key because you want to be the aggressor and it's you know if you're you know, the away team that come here you know you want to be at them when they've got the ball and, and put, imposing that he's the sort of player in that front part that's going to do that well um, so you know I think he's uh, I, I'd agree we didn't have something like that last year so it's, it's nice to have a player like him in the team now Yeah, <laughs> Daniel Basham I think this is a reference to my So Solid crew comment earlier said I think he's sick blood fam Unless he's talking about that, that the guy, guy from Arsenal yeah, fan Arsenal, TV. Arsenal yeah. fan TV, maybe. Yeah. Uh, Lee Freire says, uh, lots of hard work. I really like him as a player. Great team player. And Dan Triggs is very happy so far. Good link-up player. And brings something arriving late in the box. Uh, Tommy Brazil says he's SE7's wine matter. Can't argue with that. And uh, Mini Finch, he says, energy in centre uh, of links from midfield to the striker that we've lacked for years. Uh, now, Lewis, um, now, Lewis was quite, uh, I think, uh, Lewis Wheeler, quite critical of uh, Billy Clark. Uh, before the season, but there he goes. I feel so bad for being critical about Billy Clark, and this is why you don't write players off before they come to play for you. It was a tough. It was tough because at the time we were linked with Reeves and Madison, and then Clark was announced, and I was underwhelmed. You remember, like you know, it didn't look like we were going to get Ben Reeves at that time. When we signed Clark, we thought that was going to be it. Uh, then, then you see Bradford fans not speaking highly of him as well. But how wrong were we? Uh, uh, how wrong were they? Sorry, and I apologise for my scepticism. Uh, and that's uh, that's, a, that's, a, that's a, I mean that's fair. You put your hands up. I mean, well, in, until a player starts playing for you, you don't know. And that's the same with Dodo. I think I saw you tweeting yesterday, Tom, about you know when when like I say when when Dodo signed on Dodo signed on uh, on uh, <laughs> this is gonna be great on Thursday. I mean, you know, we we all didn't we all didn't know what to expect. And when you don't know what to expect, you, some some fans fear the worst. Other fans will go, let's give him a chance. And you know, it's early days yet, but he, he started off well. And that's probably what's what's happened with Billy Clark. Yeah, it it I find it. I don't really understand why fans are are so quick to, to jump on the back of signings like that. Like, obviously, we don't. If if you're signing a Will Grigg or or a Gordon, you know what you're getting. But that doesn't mean that the person we are getting is going to be awful. You know, like Mavadidi when he came in, and yeah, I just think people are so quick to criticise. And I wanted to give him a chance, and wanted fans to give him a chance. And he proved me right one game. Obviously, there's a long way to go. But I think you're the same. Yeah, Clark has been Clark has been excellent since he's come in, and. Maybe he, I don't know how much he listens to fans and whether he felt like he had a point to prove or with Reeves coming in and knowing that Reeves is getting fitter week by week. But either way, he's performing really, really well. And yeah, at the moment, I think, I can't remember who emailed in, but I don't see any need to change that that three at the moment, even when Marshall and Reeves are fit, because why would you? Mm. Yeah, I enjoyed his celebration yesterday as well. Straight up, yeah. straight up to the crowd, he was enjoying it. I mean, like, because uh, we spoke to him after the Exeter Cup game and asked him about his goal. Uh, asked him if he was going to claim it actually because he took loads of deflections, sort of jokingly, and he yeah. said, "I'm definitely claiming it because I'm not." And he admitted he, he said, "I'm not the most prolific striker." That's, you know, but we we see what else he uh, he brings to the team now. I guess uh, 
Uh, we, we should probably look ahead to, to Saturday's game with Wigan. Also, we'll, we'll do that more uh, extensively. Uh, sorry, Saturday's game with Southend. We'll do that more extensively uh, on, on Thursday night. But like I so, I mean, yeah, come back to the home ground. The home ground, we've won one of our, our first two games here so far this season. Last five on the trot, I think yeah, one as well. Start so. to start to show this league what we're all about, really, isn't it? Well, Robinson said, just, just want to get home, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah four, four games four, away four on the road. trot, and it does take a lot out of you. You know, they're kind of coming back and forth, and you know, trying to work out your schedules, training, you know, and, and then mix up the, the teams as well because you've had two cup games. Um, so yeah, it, it's good to come back and have two back-to-back home games and be in front of the fans that are obviously excited about what they're watching at the moment because we're we're playing good football and scoring goals. Tom, you say your first home game of the season, so you're yeah. you're buzzing for it. Um, and I think you know it's another opportunity to get three points under your belt because Southend, yeah, haven't had a great start to the season. Um, you know they've brought in some good players, but yeah, I was watching yesterday. I saw their their highlights and you know struggled to get a nil-nil against Rochdale, who are down to ten men. So you know you, you've got to be thinking about that. And, and, and I was saying to to, uh, to Tom earlier. M- with Wigan in mind on Tuesday, I feel like they're they're going to go for it first half, really go for it and try and get as clear as possible from Southend by by kind of sixty minutes in to be able to maybe take off a McGinnis and make sure he's ready for Tuesday, or take off a Cashy and bring on Concer and get you know because Cashy he plays at such a high intensity that he cramps up quite a lot. Mm. If he's cramping up on a Saturday, then he's going to be able to play ninety minutes on a Tuesday. So it's an interesting one. Obviously, you want to get the three points over the line. Right, excellent. Right, so, uh, just before we, we leave, Zaki Dogliani said uh, he enjoyed the uh, interview with Key Peacock, such a legend, and always has been. Uh, and he's been great with the Legends United game as well. Zaki's uh, part of the trust, so he's probably been helping to organise that as well. He's going to see us all there, uh, and I certainly hope to see as many of you uh, there as possible on September the 17th, which is going to be a very special day. All the proceeds go to the trust. So don't, if you don't want to give money to anyone, certain people, then you can certainly just come because that goes to the trust to uh, all charity stuff. Right, the, the show has come to an end. Uh, it's been a uh, great fun talking about another another win on the road, another crazy game. But we've ta- we've taken uh, three points up at Oldham. Tom Wallin, thank you for coming in this evening. Cheers, Louis. See you on Thursday. Yeah, we'll be back on Thursday. Myself and Tom for the big match preview. Louis, uh, Paul, Paul Crisp, <laughs> Louis Crisp, yeah, yeah, Paul Crisp. Uh, uh, thanks for coming in first thank time you, of the season. I uh, hope you enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, see very you much again so. shortly as well. This has been Charlton Live on your Sunday evening. Hope you've enjoyed the show. We'll be back on Thursday evening. See you later. <laughs> When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with code PROGRAM for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's stamps.com. Code program.